This time next year. Written and read by Liz Hines. Madame Fifi's wasn't the kind of place that either Bev or I would have ventured into on our own. But it turned out that Pippa was a regular customer there. She introduced us to Marilyn, a busty platinum blonde. Marilyn ordered me into a cubicle and told me she'd come in with the tape when I was ready. I decided if she brought a whip as well, I was off. I pulled the curtain behind me and took off my jacket. I wasn't sure of etiquette for bra measuring, so was dithering over whether to remove my blouse when Marilyn appeared. I can't measure you through your blouse, madam, she sighed. Sorry. I took it off as she hovered. Marilyn wielded her tape expertly. What size bra are you wearing at the moment? Oh, I'm not exactly sure. You're not sure? No, it's my best one and I haven't worn it for a while. I think it's 36 or maybe 38B. <gasps> when will women ever learn? She sighed again. The way they treat their most precious assets is nothing short of scandalous. She disappeared and returned a few moments later with a cream lace contraption with more metal supports and the seven bridge. Try this one on. I expected her to leave the cubicle, but she stood behind me as I removed my bra and revealed dangling, blotchy mammaries. I wouldn't have been surprised if her drawn-on eyebrows had flown off her forehead. I tried to reassure myself that she had probably seen worse, although probably only on very aged matrons. I turned the new bra inside out and back to front to do up around my waist. What are you doing? Marilyn screeched. I'm sorry, I said, quickly undoing the bra and giving it back to her. I thought I was meant to put it on. I'm very sorry. That's not the way to put on a bra. Really, do mothers teach their daughters nothing these days? Lean forward. I did so. Now let your breasts fall into the cups. <laughs> no problem there. Falling breasts I could do. I waited for the next instruction. At last the words, Are you going to put your arms through? were exhaled through smoking nostrils. Oh, I'm sorry. I was beginning to sweat. She grabbed the back of the bra, yanking me up to a standing position and fastened it. I began to breathe again then. Ah! Marilyn had thrust her hand inside the right cup and was fiddling with my boob. You have to get it into the right position, she said, before repeating the procedure with the left one. All I could think was that my breasts hadn't had this much attention for many a year. There, she said when she was satisfied. See what a difference it makes? She ran her hand up from my ribcage to my nipple. See how it lifts? And from nipple to cleavage. And separates. Pippa and Bev stuck their heads round the curtain. Wow, Bev said. Go get em, girl. Pippa was nodding. It looks fantastic, Alison. Marilyn repeated her feely routine to demonstrate the separation and cleavage. I was beginning to suspect that this woman enjoyed her job too much. She'll take it, Pippa said. And the matching panties? Marilyn asked. Pippa's, yes please, drowned out my, uh, no thank you. Marilyn made to walk away, then stopped. Or perhaps the support pants would suit Madame better? That's a good idea. 
Pippa said, then seeing my face, added quickly, Sal swears by them. She'll try them on, please, Marilyn. I was still snarling when Marilyn returned with flesh-coloured pants. I waited until she'd gone before whispering to Pippa, She's brought the wrong size. These are extra small. No, you idiot. They're meant to be like that. They stretch. Look. She stretched them to make a pair of pants to fit an anorexic model. Now, put them on while I go and look at the matching panties. By pulling and twisting and breathing in and swearing, I managed to get them rolled up halfway up my bum. I stopped, exhausted, and took a deep breath. Then Marilyn reappeared. I swear she possessed a sixth sense. She assessed the situation in an instant. Gripping the roll top with both hands, she lifted me off the floor and shook until the roll top had unrolled and was vaguely where it was supposed to be, around my stomach. There, how's that? Hmm, not right yet, is it? My tummy was more millennium-domed shaped than the big top it is normally, but I had ballooned up over my midriff. I looked like Michelin Man with wind. Marilyn continued to tug and poke and squeeze until I was less concertinaed. There, that's better. Would you like to come and have a look now? Marilyn invited my so-called friends to view my torture. That's a great improvement, Pippa said. How does it feel? I moaned. I can hardly breathe. You don't have to wear it all the time. You can keep it for special occasions. Yeah, like if you're hoping to pull, Bev grinned. I didn't want to disappoint her, but the possibility of making any sort of movement, let alone pulling, seemed unlikely. Pippa, meanwhile, had had another good idea. That I should keep my new bra and pants on, as I was going to be trying on more clothes. And, by the way, Alison, do you want panties or a thong? A thong? Don't say it like that. They're very good for getting rid of VPL. VPL? Visible panty line. I thought Pippa was joking and tried to laugh. The support pants prevented me doing so. Anyway, Pippa wasn't joking. Well, Alison, what's it to be? Pants or thong? Hurry up, Marilyn's waiting. Pants, please, I squeaked. I had dressed and was just stuffing my old bra and pants into my handbag when Marilyn appeared. May I take those, madam? What are you going to do with them? I eyed her suspiciously. Put them in a bag for you, she sighed. Oh, all right then. I handed them to her, resisting the urge to kiss them goodbye. She took them between the thumb and first finger of her outstretched hand and she dropped them into a bright pink carrier bag with Madame Fifi written on both sides. I couldn't wait to pay and escape this hellhole of radical women thinkers forever. I moved as quickly as was possible, a speed that wouldn't have overstretched a snail to the counter. If Madame would just sign here. I was about to sign when I noticed the amount. Ninety-four pounds. New underwear made long sentences impossible, so I grunted as best I could. What? What, said Pippa. I pointed at the amount. Yes, what? Ninety-four pounds, that's right, isn't it, Marilyn? 
It most definitely is. Bra, £37. Matching panties, £25. Support pants, 32 I think you'll find that adds up to £94, madam. I could see I was fighting against the odds. It was my turn to sigh. I finally exited the shop, a good five seconds behind my newly pinioned bosom. Over lunch, I told the girls that my new bra size is 34F. Bev said that's bigger than Barbara Windsor. She'd heard a programme on the radio about her. A discussion followed about how someone as short as Mrs Windsor, with boobs that size, manages to walk without gravity causing her to topple forwards all the time. We came to the giggly conclusion that there is a lab somewhere in which geeky scientists are researching this very phenomenon. We bemoaned my lost opportunity of stardom. You could have been a starlet in a carry-on film, Bev was enthusiastic. But she can't act, Pippa pointed out. Ah, with boobs like that, you don't need to act, Bev retorted. But with my luck, I said, I'd have ended up with crumple-faced Sid James as opposed to boyish-faced Jim Dale. Over the coffee, I explained that I usually bought the four-for-a-fiver variety of pants from Pound Stretcher. That's obvious, Pippa sniffed. And I queried my need for both matching pants and support pants. Pippa started to speak, but Bev interrupted. You need the support pants to make you slim and attractive so you can pull. Then when he invites you back to his place, you make an excuse to pop to the loo where you change into your sexy panties, which I just happened to have in my handbag. Of course, you have to go prepared. Look what happened to Bridget Jones and Hugh Grant. You don't want to be caught in that situation, do you? I hated to admit it, but Bev had a point. But that's not real life, Bev. It's only fiction, Pippa said. Oh, you can call it fiction if you like. I call it the stuff of nightmares, Bev shivered. Pippa looked at her and rolled her eyes. Anyway, Alison, as I said earlier, it's not just about pulling, as Bev so charmingly puts it. What is it about then? Bev sounded disbelieving. It's about Alison taking control of her own destiny, finding fulfilment and contentment in whatever form that may come. They both looked at me. I was slowly sucking the free mint chocolate that came with the coffee. The rest of the day was spent less painfully finding new trousers and top to go with my seductive new underwear. There was a slight dilemma over the trousers as, according to the book, I need them high at the front to hold in tummy, but low at the back to give impression of less bum. Such a pair has not yet been designed. We compromised by buying me an extra long top. I'm going to wear my new outfit, but without the support pants I must be able to eat, this evening for my belated birthday celebration with Mum, Dad, Adam, Chloe and Triboy. I hid behind Mum on entering Marco's restaurant, but it was no use. Marco spotted me. He came over, grabbed my arm and kissed me on both cheeks. I have the red roses ready for later, he winked. I giggled nervously and pushed Mum over to our table. That waiter was being rather forward, wasn't he? And what did he mean about red roses for later? I've no idea, Mum. You know what these Italians are like. Now, sit down. Let me take your coat. What would you like to drink? Are you comfortable there? 
All right, all right, give me a chance, don't rush me. Over starters, Mum told the kids she was trying to persuade me to go to Tenby with them. Oh, you should go, Mum, Chloe said. It'll be a nice break for you. And it's not as if you'll get to go anywhere else, is it? Huh, I said. That's what everyone keeps saying. Maybe I'll surprise you all, find myself a toy boy and go backpacking to Nepal. Everyone laughed at that, even Try Boy. I don't know if it was the idea of me having a toy boy or me backpacking anywhere. I suggested that the kids and I might get a cheap package week into Mallorca. Then the bombshell was dropped. It turned out that Brian has already offered to pay for them to go and spend two weeks in a villa in Ibiza with him and the bimbo. We won't go, of course, Mum, Chloe said. I flashed a grateful smile at her, then remembered the marriage counsellor's advice. A divorce is between husband and wife and should never affect the children. I bit my tongue. Ooh, ouch. You okay, Mum? Uh, yes, fine, I just bit my tongue. No, no, of course you must go. I said, it'll be a great treat, and it will give you a chance to get to know the, your father's girlfriend. Her name's Gina, Mum, Adam said helpfully. Hush, Adam, his sister hissed. Are you sure you don't mind, Mum? Only it would save me money, and I'll need all I've earned to keep me going after I graduate. <laughs> you go and enjoy yourselves. You'd like it, wouldn't you, Adam? Whatever. He doesn't fool me. I know he can already see himself drinking, on the beach, drinking, in the clubs, drinking. Chloe asked if I'd started reading her present, I am woman, I am me. Apparently it is the latest thing. Everyone in university has read it. It's all about affirming our womanhood and rediscovering me. It's really inspirational, Mum. It's the new Bible of postmodern ironic feminism. I'd heard the phrase postmodern before, and I didn't want to appear a complete idiot, so I said, Ironic feminism? Yes, you know, when a woman chooses to wear a bra, she's making a point. Two points, actually. Oh, ha-ha, very funny, Adam. We might have known we could rely on you to be immature and childish. I quickly straightened my own face and said, Yes, Adam, don't interrupt your sister. It sounds fascinating, Chloe. Have you read it? No, not yet. I thought I'd borrow your copy when you finished. I was tempted to say she could take it straight away, but feared that would sound ungrateful. I'm not lying awake because I'm worried about the holiday revelation. If Brian thinks he can buy the children affection, he is welcome to try. They're not that easily bought. Well, perhaps Adam is, but not Chloe. Although offering to pay for Triboy, I mean Hun, was a crafty move. That must have been the bimbo's idea. Brian's not devious. Correction, was not devious until he met her. Now, I often find it hard to sleep after a big meal in the evening. I'm not at all concerned about my children going on holiday with my ex-husband and his lover. I'll begin, I am woman, I am me. I think I need to affirm meanness. It's written by an American with long blonde hair, a flawless complexion and perfect teeth peeping out between immaculate red lips. I'd worked that out by the time I'd read the first two paragraphs and a quick check inside the back cover confirmed my theory. It's no good. 
I can't read a book intended for people like me, written by people like her. I affirmed my meanness by chucking the book on the floor where it belongs. I'll curl up instead with Trollope. Joanna, not Antony. <laughs>